Hallelujah. Uh, can you see me? Yeah, but you got this yeah. program in front of you. It's like uh, the words of the scriptures uh, in front of you. Yes, yeah. okay. All right. Well, we're having some technical difficulties, but thanks. Uh, we're just going to continue to go forth in the Lord today. And uh, if you can hear me, thank God. We know that faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. I think it may be a sign that God is telling us it's time to come back into the house of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, he, he, he tells us to assemble ourselves together in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. We, we, we're, we're, we're in a transition period here in 3P's Christian Ministries. We have until June 1st to find another place. Amen. We, we're trying to find a place. We don't know, do we need a big place? Do we need a, a small place? Do we know if the people are going to ever come back to church? So it's a lot that's going on in the house of the Lord, but God is still God. He's still on the throne. And we are yet excited for Jesus. Though storms may come, though, though, though billows may roar, though the rain may descend, the, the wind may blow, uh, God, he's still God, and he's up on the throne. Amen. So I'm excited for Jesus on today. And we do apologize for what you may not be able to see. And I do understand that there's, there's issues, there's situations where people cannot come to the house of the Lord. We're going to always, and from this point on, no doubt, have Zoom or some other social media platform up. But I would encourage the saints of God, if you have strength in your body, if you've been vaccinated... <laughs> If whatever has been keeping you away from the house of the Lord, where there's unity, there's strength, and where the spirit of the Lord, there's liberty, find your way to the house of God. Amen. That, we can, that we can build upon what God has placed down in our hearts. Amen. Right. Praise God. So you all pray for, pastor, pray for the pastor today. Amen. You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm, I'm yet encouraged. The Lord... And we're going to continue on in that same vein over these last three weeks, four weeks. The Lord has put it in my heart. The theme for me for these next few weeks is moving forward with God. And we've had some opposition. But guess what? We're moving forward with God. We've had cities tell us that pretty much we don't want a church. But we're moving forward with God. The, the, The truck and the trailer have been stolen that we've used for, for, for years to, to supply food, but we're still moving forward. I'm still moving forward. And we are trusting God today. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. You know, I, I think as Psalms 1 say, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Say, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth this fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, it will prosper. The Bible tells me that the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drive away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Hey, glory, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Saints, I want to encourage you today. And not only that, we need to encourage each other. Do you know everybody needs some encouragement sometime? Everybody needs to hear a word sometime. Praise the Lord. We, we need to, sometime we need to examine where are we? 
Where am I in the scope of everything that's happening around us and in our world today? Look at the situation in Ukraine. Mm. My subject today that go right along with moving forward with God is the other side of trouble. That's what I want to talk about today. The other side of trouble. Uh, have anybody ever been in trouble? Is anybody in trouble now? Is anybody going through anything now? And how do we deal with trouble when it comes our way? Do we, do we get to a point to where we just figure this is our lot and it's never going to get any better? So, oh, woe is me in all the days of my life, I'll be in this trouble. But what about the other side of trouble? Do sometimes do we look and see ourselves coming out of trouble? Coming out of the situation we're in? Are we looking for a brighter day ahead? You old song, you say there's a brighter day ahead. Old Jesus has said, amen. So we're looking forward. But I want to talk to you today about the other side of trouble. Trouble is going to come our way. Trouble, trouble. What is trouble? Hmm. I don't think we need Webster, but we can see what he got to say. But anybody that's ever lived for a while, you know what trouble is. Have ever trouble ever came to you and you wasn't doing nothing but minding your own business? <laughs> you know, everything seemed like it was okay. Then all of a sudden trouble came, knocked on your door. And what's the first question? Why me? Where did this come from? See, trouble is a state or condition of distress. Wow. Is there any distress going on today? Annoyances is trouble. Difficulties, trouble. To be bothered is trouble. Inconvenienced. <laughs> Inconvenience seems like that's pretty appropriate for right now, being that the issues that we've, we've had and things that are going on, worry. Have you ever been to a place where you're just worrying so much you can't go hard to go to sleep? That's trouble. Because something is troubling your spirit. Some, something is, is vexing you. Something has you uncomfortable. See, uh, concerns. Sometimes we say, well, I, I ain't worried. I'm just concerned. Okay, well, it's still trouble. Because you're concerned about something <clears throat> that's not comfortable. You know, anxiety. <clears throat> anxiety uh, is, is directly connected to trouble. Some kind of way trouble has lifted its ugly head, and now you're anxious. <clears throat> now your blood pressure is going up. See, anybody been there? See Brother Juan waving, waving, waving his hand back there. You know, uh, 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 strife. <clears throat> so we live in a time where people are striving against each other. Why are they striving man against woman, woman against man, family against families? And they're, they're, they're striving because somewhere down the line there's some trouble. Something has happened. Something has caused them to reach out in strife and anger, you know, uh, agitation. You ever been agitated? Some folks do the same stuff every day to you, <laughs> you know. 
You know, it's, it's like uh, uh, rubbing a cat backwards. As long as you rub me from the head to the tail, he's, he's meow. But you start going from the tail to the head, he just left. He's agitated. You know, trouble comes in so many forms. Harassment. Anybody ever been harassed? Now, you know, a lot of us in here is retired and some of us are still working. And you know you work because you need money. You need to pay your bills. You need to be able to eat. And sometimes there's harassment on your job. You can't quit the job. So some kind of way you got to deal with the trouble. So do we, but again, we're talking about the other side of trouble. The other side of trouble, being hassled, you know, it's unpleasant sometimes. And listen to this, sickness and pain is trouble. You go to the doctor for your annual checkup. If you don't, you should go in once a year. And, and, you, and, and, and the blood work come back or, or the x-ray come back and it don't look good. Trouble. Trouble, see. But God, in the midst of all of our trouble, I want to let you know God is in trouble. He's in the midst of our troubles. How do I know that? Because I go to the word, see. Where do we go when we're in trouble? Okay, let's go to CNN. Oh, boy. Oh, let's go to Fox. Mm-hmm. Channel 2, Channel 7. Pick up the news. Let's get on Facebook. Tell the world about my trouble. It comes to a time, what do we do when we're in trouble? Where do we go? Where do we turn? We need to go to the word of God in the midst of our troubles. Because in John 16, 33, Jesus said, these things have I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. In the world you will have trouble. Jesus knew this very well. Even he's talking to his followers and to whoever was listening, you're going to have some tribulation. And somebody said, okay, well, Jesus, I'm done. Well, if you're done, even if you're done, you're still going to have some trouble. If you don't put Jesus first, you've got trouble. And when you're in Christ and full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have some trouble. But Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. He said, cheer up, lift your head up. He said, because I have overcome the world. Jesus said this, the God of the universe said, I have overcome the world. I have overcome your troubles. I will carry you through. But see, again, as, as Pastor John was teaching on this morning, do we believe what God is saying? Do we believe the word of God? Psalms 46 and 1 say, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Do we believe that on today? How many times have we looked in scripture and we've seen folks that had some trouble? Now, you know, the one that's probably had the most trouble on the planet was Brother Job. The other side of trouble. Let me, I want to read to you today. I want to share with you from um, Job chapter 23, verse 1 through 10. And this is Communion Sunday, and, and we don't endeavor to talk long 
But I do want to encourage the saints today. The other side of trouble. Trouble don't last always. Troubles come and troubles go. But God is the same. He never changes. He carries us through. If anybody has been, if there's anybody who know anything at all about the Bible, somewhere in your life, you probably heard about this man named Job. You heard about this man who, who had a lot of trouble. Heard about this man who was really a good man, a perfect man, and upright, he feared God. And, 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 and uh, so, so conversation came up in the heavenlies between Satan, the accuser, the main troublemaker in the world, challenging God about this man named Job. The devil's contention was that this man only served you because of what you give him. And God said, no, no, I know those who belong to me. So God is saying, you know what, no, uh, he, he will keep his integrity. He will not curse me. And that started the thing out. And now before we knew it, this man lost everything he had. Matter of fact, he lost all of his kids and all of his riches. And then his body was attacked. So Job, if anybody knew trouble, Job knew trouble. How many of y'all know that you can be up today and down tomorrow? Things can, get, can be very, very going well. And all of a sudden, a storm comes. This is the way life is. Joe had no idea what was going on, but, but then he had some friends who said, we're going to come and, and kind of sit with you and you know, kind of see what's going on here, and, and then we're going to tell you what your problem is. You know, have you ever had somebody trying to help you and they making the situation worse? This is what was happening with Job. He had three friends who came by they sat with him for seven days. They saw his condition. They felt real bad for him. And then they started accusing, man, it must be something you've done to cause this upon you. So, in Job 23, it says, then Job answered and said, you know what, I better go to Job 22. I'm just going to look at maybe a couple of verses toward the top because his friend Eliphaz what began to accuse him that it must be something that you've done wrong to cause this situation upon you. Now, so it was with Job. It is the same way today. How many times have, even in, even in ourselves, something come up on us and we, we start, first thing we start thinking, what did I do wrong? Uh, only if I had a, you know, went to church, this wouldn't have, no, no. Trouble is going to come your way. So again, let me get through this. So, so his friend, one of his three friends, Eliphaz, had really begun to lay into him. Man, you are corrupt. You have done these things because the God we serve would not allow this have to happen to you. Have you heard people today say, if God is so loving and God is so kind and God is so, so, so you know, merciful, why am I going through this? Have you ever been there? Have you ever heard that today? Why, you know, so, well, why is people starving over in Africa, in the Sudan, if, if God is so good? Why did this happen to me? We live in a fallen world. We live in a cursed creation. 
And on top of that, <coughs> man has a free will to do whatever he chooses to do, even though there's consequences, whether it's good or bad. So first three verses of, of Job 22, then we'll get to the main scripture, then we'll go from there. <coughs> Eliphaz's third response to Job, he's steady picking at him, man. You know you have done something wrong. That's why you're... I'm here to help you now. And I want to let you know I really love you, Job. But see, you have done something and you brought this up on yourself. How can you talk about kicking a man when he's down? So Eliphaz, the Temanite, replied, can a person do anything to help God? You know, some people get so theological. Some folks get so deep when you're going through something. See, it ain't always that deep if they're going through something. But when you're going through something, I see what your problem is. And guess what? I'm going to fix your problem. No way. Can a person do anything to help God? Can even a wise person be helpful to him? Eliphaz continues to talk. He says, is it any advantage to the Almighty if you are righteous? Now, the man is sitting there covered with sore boils from head to toe. He's lost everything he's got. He has nothing. Has a wife who has said, why don't you just curse God and die? Got three friends that said, friends said, man, you're the cause of this. He has some trouble. Would it be any gain to God if you were perfect? He said, the Eliphaz asked Job. Watch this. Verse 4. Is it because you're so pious that he accuses you and brings judgment against you. So now he's saying, you're haughty, you're puffed up. You, you full of pride, Joe. Listen to this. Uh, no, it's because of, listen to what he tells Joe. No, it's because of your wickedness. There's no limit to your sins. The man is on his bed of affliction. The man has trouble. And what kind of friend would do that to a friend? Have you ever had a friend go ziggy on you? Okay, I don't want to take a poll. <laughs> Someone that you have confided in and you've been close to and, and that thing is breached some kind of way, that hurts. And now you got trouble. Because now how do I deal with this hurt and this pain that I'm feeling? So, okay. Job 23. Then Job answered and said, Even today my complaint is bitter. My hand is listless because of my groaning. The man said, I'm in trouble. I, I, I'm going through here. You know, in, in short, he's hearing what these people are saying. But he knows who he is, and he knows that he hasn't done what they're saying he's done. But he's still sick and afflicted, and he's still broke. And he has nothing. He has trouble. Verse 3, he said, Oh, that I knew where I might find, capital H-I-M, him. So only that I knew where I could find God. Have you ever been in a place where you felt like God wasn't close to you? But yet you know in your heart of hearts 
that he's everywhere at the same time. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come to his seat. Job is saying, you know, I, I hear what y'all said, but if only I could get counsel with God. He said, I would present my case before him. And fill my mouth with we'll fill my mouth with arguments. God, I would let you know that this is where I'm at. See, because he's crying out. Sometimes we begin to cry out. We begin. Sometimes we get angry at God. Sometimes we're saying, God, why? God, if, if just if we can just talk one on one, we can get this this thing straight, <laughs> and you can deliver me out of all my troubles. You know, God, where are you? But you know what? God, he hasn't moved. He, he's always there. Verse, verse 5, Job said, I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Because if I plead my case before God and I know he's righteous, I, he, he's going he's to do what needs to be done. Verse 6, would he contend with me in his great power? No, but he would take note of me. See? How many of us today want God to take note of us? God, you, you see what, I've been, God, I've been, I've, been, I've been riding this mule for a long time. You know, I've been in trouble for a long time. Verse 7 says, there the upright could reason with him. Because he knows in his heart he hasn't done anything wrong. But that's all that he's hearing. And I would be delivered forever from my judge. Look, I go forward, but he is not there. And I go backwards, and I cannot perceive him. I, I don't see him. I'm in trouble. I'm hurting. And there's no one to comfort me. See, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. But I want to let you know, nobody but Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Job is in trouble. Verse 9. <laughs> when he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right, I cannot see him. I'm in a fix here. See, but he's still recognizing that God is. Do we recognize that God is in the midst of our troubles? The other side of trouble, look, verse 10, this is what this, is what this whole message stems from. Job says, uh, <clears throat> in the midst of his trouble, in the midst of his pain and agony, in the midst of uncertainty, he says, but he, talking about God Almighty, talking about El Shaddai, but he knows the way that I take. Huh? Now, see, somebody, somebody may accuse you of everything in the book, but God knows the way that we take. Job said he knows the way that I take. Because he understands that God is omniscient. He understands that God knows everything. And so he goes on to say in verse 10, he says, but when he has tested me, oh God, <laughs> some of these trials and some of these things we call trouble is a test. Yes, there is a tax, but also there are tests. But Job is saying, remember, this is the same one who said, uh, uh, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Huh? So he, he, his hope was in the Lord. He says, but when he has tested me, listen to what Job said, I shall come forth as gold. 
When I come out of this, I'm coming forth as pure, shining gold. Why? Because now he's talking about, in his heart and his mind, he's thinking about the other side of trouble. I, I had the pleasure this morning when I, when I, when I left here uh, hosing down the front of the church because God talks to me sometime out there blowing down the leaves and, and, and hosing down the outside getting ready for the saints. And God kept talking to me when I came in here and started mopping the floor, see. And, and I'm saying, well, thank you, God. Thank you for this time of communion with you. And I left here and I headed toward home. And lo and behold, Pastor Amanda, I saw something. I, I, I saw some trees full of blossoms. I, I saw some bushes that had buds on them. And I could hear in my mind, they, they say, we ain't going to be dead all the time. We're not going to be dormant all the time because now God is speaking. He, he said the season uh, is changing now. See, And some of us, the seasons in our life, God has said, I'm ready to change that. You're going to come out of this dormant stage and I'm going to cause you to blossom. And I got home, I couldn't hold it. I said, well, let me see if them little butchers in front of our house. Well, look at them little buds. I said, well, thank you, Lord. Because after a while, the bees is going to be flying around to pollinate them. The other side of trouble. And so I'm learning. I'm learning to trust God. Brother Chucky, I haven't learned yet. But I'm learning how to trust God in the midst of my trouble. It ain't easy being me, and I know it's not easy being you, but nothing is there anything too hard for God. God, I, I begin to look at the word, and all through scripture, you see folks in trouble. Abraham had some troubles. Moses had some troubles, amen? We, we All through scripture, all those folks who we see in the hall of faith, they had some trouble, and why are they in the hall of faith? Because they withstood. They stood and they, they, they honored God in the midst of their trouble. They held on to God's unchanging hand. The Bible tells me that Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. He said, it ain't about the Philistines. It ain't about the Amorites. It, it's about this city where God abides. I think about, as Pastor Jones was talking this morning, about Ezra and children of Israel coming back. You know, but, but see, we can read something in scripture in about three to five minutes sometimes. But in reality, what the people were going through were years. Were years. And, and so sometimes we're going to go through something and it ain't going to be quick. So, so God, give me some patience right now. Well, patience don't work like that. You know, you know, James said, count it all joy when you fall into different types of temptation, knowing that the trying of your faith works patience. Let patience have a perfect work in you. So you remember the Hebrew boys, Daniel, you know, when they were taken down, they were some of the first ones taken down into Babylon. They were smart. They were young. They were wise, handsome. And, and, the, and the king of Babylon wanted to engraft them into his culture uh, of Babylon and use them in that way. But they were saying, you know what, no. <laughs> See, you ain't always got to say everything, but you've you got to mean what you say in your heart. 
said, you're not going to change us. We're not going to eat of the king's meat. We're not going to drink the king's wine because we serve the God of heaven. He told us to love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. He said, you shall have no other gods before me. So, Mr. Nebuchadnezzar, we are not going to bow down to this golden image you have created. Have we got to a point in our lives today as believers, there's some stuff we're not going to bow down to. And I'm not going to bow down to trouble either because my God is going to deliver me. He's going to make ways out of no way. So, so there's King Nebuchadnezzar. We find that over in Daniel 3. I'm just going to read about three about four verses. Uh, he had made this big image because he was all that. He thought in a bag of chips. And uh, so, you know, I ain't got nothing else to do, so I'm going to make this statue. Now, everybody under my kingdom, you're going to bow down and you're going to worship that. And so he throws them in the fiery furnace. What did they do? Nothing. <laughs> Sometimes you're in trouble. What did you do? Nothing. Let me ask you this. Have you ever got in trouble trying to help somebody? You trying to say, you know, here's the situation. Let me see if I can help. And next thing you know, you're in trouble. Well, so in this passage, Daniel 3, you know, the three Hebrew boys were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That was their Babylonian names. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace. Why did he go near the burning fiery furnace in this peg? I'm jumping right in the middle of this. Because he had, thrown, he had had them thrown into the fire. Because they said, King, we're not going to bow down. And he was like, oh, what? I done told you what's going to happen to you. You know, sometimes we need to stand for, we, all the time we need to stand for God regardless of what the ramifications may be. Can I borrow amen? I'll pay y'all back later. He had thrown them into the fiery furnace, and the furnace was so hot, the ones who threw them in, they died from the heat. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This was the king now. And, and something that happened in the fire. Things can happen in the midst of the fire. Watch this. He said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Listen to what he said. Servants of the Most High God, come out. Well, you're the one that put them in. But see, they, they looked in and he had said, how many folks did I throw in there? They say three. He said, but I see four. <laughs> and one of them looked like the Son of God. In the midst of your trouble, God will show up. I heard somebody say, trust him when you can't trace him. Thank you, God. He, he said, come out. Listen to this. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. Y'all don't hear me. <laughs> Do we hear this word? They were thrown in a big giant, you know, incinerator. They were thrown in, in, in things where folks get cremated in. And he calls for them out of the fire. <clears throat> he said, so Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and all of the monkey monks, satraps, administrators, governors, and kings, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men whose bodies the fire had no power. Y'all with me? This is real. This ain't no storybook now. This is the word of God. 
They were thrown in the fiery furnace for their faith. They were in trouble. I'm just talking today about the other side of trouble. So the men whose bodies the fire had no power, listen to this, the hair, their, it's a, the hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments, their clothes affected. <laughs> I mean, can you get a visual on this? The ones who threw them in the fire burn up. They in the fire. They, they going around, hallelujah, anyhow. You know, never let your trouble get you down. When old Satan come your way, lift your hands to God and say, hallelujah, anyhow. They, they, you, you, we need to praise God in the midst of our trouble. And their garments were not affected. Listen to this. I love this part. And the smell of fire was not on them. <laughs> We, Sandy was vacuuming the other day with the Kirby vacuum cleaner and the bag was full and it was smelling so bad it had the whole house smelling like burnt something. These men didn't even smell like fire. Fireproof. <laughs> then watch this. Let me get through this because I, I did say, oh Lord, look at the time. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, the king, the heathen, the one who was so bent on them worshiping his idol. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise, praise to the God, to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do you know that the world can see something through our troubles? How we deal with our troubles? How we respond in the, in the, in, in, in the midst of, of, of craziness? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he sent his, listen, what the, this is what the heathen said. He sent his angel <coughs> to rescue his servants <coughs> who trusted in him. You think Nebuchadnezzar saw something? He said they trusted in their God. Do we trust in our God today? Do we believe God for the impossible? Oh, God, thank you. He, he said, he, he said, they, listen, listen, they defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve and worship any God except their own God in the midst of their trouble. In the midst of their trouble. He, he said, therefore, listen, and I'm talking about, whoo, my God, the other side of trouble. So, so now the king said, therefore, I make this decree. My first decree didn't go over big <laughs> because I'm going to use them as an example, but that didn't work. So now that I've seen something, therefore I make this decree. <clears throat> if any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb. Now, you know, somebody in the group heard that. Now, okay, he already said about the fire. <laughs> now he said, if anybody talk about that God, they're going to be torn limb from limb. I bet some folks say, whoop, I ain't saying nothing. But see, those who trust God will do what God say do. He, he said, they'll be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be burned in the heaps of rubble. 
there is no other small G-O-D who can rescue like this. Can you imagine that? This is the heathen king saying, hey, can't no other God do like this. And listen, the folks over there in Ukraine, the same God is seeing what's going on there. He said, the king, watch this, then, no, this is what the writer wrote, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. I'm talking about today the other side of trouble. You don't have to stay in your trouble. You have to know that God is going to bring you out of trouble. Trouble is always going to come your way, but you're in trouble with God. Can you imagine? And can you remember how it was when you were in trouble before you knew Christ? You were out there on your own. You were swimming upstream. But now you can rest in God. God, this thing is bothering me. God, this thing is heavy. God, I don't know what to do. But, Father, I'm trusting you. How confident is that? How much of a blessing is that? Romans 8, 35 through 39 say, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, huh? shall trouble, or distress, are these things going to separate us from the love of God? He says, or persecution? Don't think it's strange when you're persecuted. You're being persecuted for, for Christ's sake. He says, he says so, so uh, shall, this, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or, or peril, danger, a sword or even the sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Listen to this. Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. What's his name? Jesus. Listen to what the writer said. He said, for I am persuaded. Oh, God. Is anybody persuaded today in the way of He said, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, mm, nor angels or principalities nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm talking about the other side of trouble. Right. And, and Brother Ben, if y'all, if you and Sojourner don't mind, uh, the Lord drops a party in my heart on this morning because we're talking about the other side of trouble and our baby was in trouble. Her body was racked with cancer and pain and the spirit of the Lord was dealing with her by day and by night. And she, she reared up and raised up her arm and wrote on the board that, get this, <laughs> I'm talking about in trouble. She said, she wrote, she held this eye open, and she wrote, and she said, I close my eyes on this side, and I work up, wake up in heaven. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the other side of trouble, and now she's on the other side of trouble, and she's praising God. She can see real good. She can hear real good, and she's dancing around the throne. The other side of trouble. And sometimes our trouble don't match the trouble that somebody else is going through, but we're still in trouble. So, 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast. In the midst of your troubles, be steadfast. Knowing that God is working on your behalf, 
Therefore, my, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable. Sometimes set yourself your spiritual stance, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Through it all, through it all, we've learned to trust in Jesus. We've learned to trust in God. If we never had a problem, wouldn't know that God could solve it, wouldn't know what faith in God could do. So in the midst of your trouble today, don't just get, don't, don't settle for it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Keep trusting the Lord. Keep walking uprightly before him. Keep fasting and praying. Keep looking for great things in your life that God is going to do. And God will do just what he said he's going to do. God bless you today. Praise the Lord. I'm way longer than I intended to be. Praise God. Sister Amanda, do you know that song, The Lord Will Make a Way Somehow? <laughs> have anybody heard that song? We're going to have communion. We're going we're gonna to buzz out of here today on a high note, but... But it, it says the Lord will make a way somehow. Praise God. Let's see if I remember. When beneath the cross I bow. Like a ship that's tossed and driven. Hey. Battered by an angry sea. That's it. That's it. Yeah. When the storms of life are
that on that day that you had to carry that cross after having been beaten, having been hit and beaten and slapped and tortured, God, unrecognizable, loss of blood, but you had to carry that cross up on Golgotha and you did it with help. And God, you laid upon that cross for us. We should have been on the cross, God. All have sinned and come short of your glory, but we're thankful, Father, that you saw beyond that cross, you saw the other side of trouble. God, we're thankful that you went through that trouble for us. We're thankful, Father, you looked beyond our faults and saw our needs and you died in our place. But oh, we're thankful today, God. We're here to celebrate not just the death, but we're celebrating, Lord God, that you raised from the dead. The other side of trouble was just a few days away. We thank you, Lord. You defeated death. You defeated the grave. And even now, God, you sit at the right hand of your Father making intercession for us, and we're thankful. And as we get ready to come together, God, to remember what you've done for us, you said to do this as often as we drink it in remembrance of you, and so we thank you, Lord. We're thankful for the strength. We're thankful for healing. We're thankful, Father, for deliverance from the power over sin. Bless us this morning as we fellowship one with another, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen.
for this reason many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment. And the rest will I set in order when I come. Let us raise it. challenges right now and we're believing that God is going to give Patrick total deliverance we're going to pray for the family that uh, uh, as of two weeks ago they walked from Swan Lake Mobile Home Park all the way here all the way here walking about three miles to be in the house of the Lord they came and we had already dismissed but they're so precious so loving they had an emergency on the day. I don't know what it was. They said, Pastor, we'll be ready next Sunday. So we want to continue to lift that family up. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for this time of fellowship. We thank you for the sweet anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, in this place. Thank you, God. Pray that you would touch in each and every one that's on the sound of my voice right now wherever they may be, wherever they stand, wherever they're sitting, whatever need in their life, whatever trouble they may be confronted with, God, give them to hold on, to stand firm, to be still, and see the salvation of the Lord. God, we pray for Brother Patrick on the day. We pray for his mom, his grandma, Lord, the entire family. God, won't you rescue Patrick? Won't you regulate his mind? Thank you. You've given him a good heart, God. And you can put his heart and his mind in sync with the Holy Spirit. Bless him, Lord. This is not the end of the story. This is not the final chapter in his uh, book of life. This is a, this is a, a stumbling block. This is a roadblock that you're going to navigate him around it. So, Father, wherever he's at and whatever he's going through, whatever doctor, nurse, technician, whoever comes in contact with him, they will see that he's special. That is something very prominent and special and anointed in his life. So Father, won't you raise Brother Patrick up? Bring peace where there seemed to be no peace. Breathe on him, God. Breathe on him in the name of Jesus. Hey, hey. Yeah, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Oh, God. In the name of Jesus. So, Father, we thank you. We ask you to bless the family, Lord. Sister, 
brother and the daughter, Lord, Sister Carmen, whatever trouble they had, no doubt they had to walk to the market and walk back home. Whatever they're going to, God wants you blessed, but you put something in their heart that they want to be in the house of God. God wants you blessed. Meet every need in their life according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so, Father, we'll give you the praise. We'll give you the glory and the honor. We, we pray over the tithing offering boxes on the wall, God. We're thanking you in advance of where you're going to move three Ps to. And God will break the plane of the door, rejoicing, kicking up our heels, saying glory to God in the highest. We bless you and we thank you, Lord. Lead us and guide us as we go to the shelter on tonight. <clears throat> Keep us covered with your blood. Help us to be a blessing to those precious families that are in the shelter. The babies, Lord, the moms and the dads who don't know what, where they're going to live or if they'll ever have a place. But you are Jehovah Jireh. You are the God who provides. So, Father, we just thank you. Bless like only you know how. And we'll give you the glory, the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Can't nobody... Do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. He's my friend. Can't nobody, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord.
Brother Mark, God bless you.